My wife Jackie and I have been together for, for many years and it's been wonderful, but a lot of people may not know we had an interesting beginning to our relationship. We both went to the same high school, McMinnville High School. We were both Grizzlies, but we were both really into theater and drama. In fact, I even did a little dance back in the day. I know that seems kind of crazy, but it's really true. I'm glad there are no YouTube videos of that. But we did a lot of theater together, and in one of the first interactions that I had with Jackie, you're never going to believe this, we were in a one-act play, and I was cast as the husband and Jackie was cast as my wife. And we did this one act play together as husband and wife. Isn't that crazy, eerie, bizarre? It's almost prophetic. But when I think back about the beginning stages of our relationship, I never think of it as we both sort of fell in love, like that phrase you often hear. We had kind of a, a, an up and down start. We were, were friends and then we were dating other people. And, and, and as we developed our relationship and started really getting more serious toward the end of high school, we, we took some time and, uh, and there were some, some, like I said, ups and downs. So I never look at our, our relationship as sort of this accidental falling in love, but actually a process of intention over time. And next month, we're going to celebrate our 28th anniversary. Crazy to think about all that time. But, but falling in love, that's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Falling in love, almost like an accident. I don't know about you, but I don't really like to fall. I might hurt something or get my jeans dirty. But is, is that the best metaphor that we can have for lifelong love? Is just this idea of falling in love like some kind of a glitch or accident. And I realized that, that can, can sound sort of romantic, like this chance meeting. And I realized that you know, organizations like Disney and Hallmark will, will, will create this, this idea in our minds that love is this chance meeting of strangers across the room. And, and suddenly they just click and, and, and fall in love. But then what happens? I mean, can you fall out of love? You've probably heard that phrase as well. Can we fall in love and then fall out of love just as easily like, like some kind of a weird accident? And then what happens after falling in love? If you watch the romantic films, it seems like everything's fine and wonderful and, and, and we all live happily ever after. Now hang on to that phrase because we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. But what happens then? We fall in love and then we're fine until the movie's over or or the honeymoon is over. We're starting a, a new series today called Bad Advice for Love because there are just a lot of statements and phrases out there about love and marriage and, and romance that really aren't helpful. And not only are they not helpful, but they can actually be destructive to, to love. And so we're, we're going to kick off this series today and we're going to be in this for four weeks. And I hope you can make a, a, a point of being with us each episode of the four episodes because I really believe that God has a different story for us. He has better advice for us than what we might hear in pop culture and in movies and romance novels that God actually has a design for relationships that's much more healthy and 
long-term. And that's what we're aiming for in this series, is to actually get some good advice from God directly. So for the next four weeks, we're going to be in this. The week, I'll just give you a rundown of what's going to happen in the next four weeks. Today, we're, we're talking about that idea of, of falling in love. And really, that's not great advice. What about staying in love? So that'll be week one today. In week two, we're talking about the idea of, of you complete me, this, this idea that someone out there is going to check all the boxes for us and how actually we, we don't complete each other, that we're completed only by God himself. So that's in week two. In week three, we're talking about happily ever after. And is that really great advice for lifelong love? No, actually, in healthy relationships, we might have some conflict. And it's actually in the conflicts that we grow closer to each other. So that's in week three. We'll wrap up the series at week four, talking about this idea of our priorities in life. And that when we're talking about a couple and a relationship, it's really more about uh, more others than just two people. That it's more about uh, the, the, the relationship with God in the picture and our support system. So we're going to talk about actually in marriage, we're aiming for fourth place for each other. So that's going to be a great way to round off the series. So I hope you can stick with us the entire time. My name is Pastor Ben. I'm glad you're with us. I'm with Dallas Church. We're doing this series as a partnership. And we love doing this with Village uh, Christian Church out there at Adair. And we're excited to do this together as we partner and talk about God's design for healthy love relationships that, that won't just last a year or two, but it'll be a lifelong love. So I want to pray right now, and, uh, and then we'll get started with, with today's content. Father, we, we thank you for your love and faithfulness. We're thankful that you created relationships, and you created marriage, and you intended for love to be lifelong and meaningful and deep. So Father, speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit on this idea of love, and, and Lord, help us to take your advice above all other pieces of advice we might have out there in the world. So Father, speak by the power of your Holy Spirit, and may we, we be challenged and changed, and we, we, may we make commitment to keeping a lifelong love. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Well, you don't have to get too far into the scriptures to see that there's relationship right at the beginning. In fact, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to, to, to find Genesis chapter 1. That's a great place to start, right? We'll start right there at the beginning of the Bible. God is in the midst of creating this amazing world and universe and all the things that we see in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And so we get to, to get a, an idea of what's happening there in the, in the first few pages of Scripture. Let's start with, with verse 26 of chapter 1 in Genesis. And, and, and notice how quickly we run into relationship. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Wow, that's a big sixth day of creation when you read the narrative. God is creating all kinds of things. He's already created the universe and, and, and the earth and, and darkness and light and, and the atmosphere. And, and, and when we get to day six, he's creating sort of the last sort of pieces to earth. And he's, he's, he's got animals and mammals and birds of the sea or birds of the air birds of, and, and, and fish in the sea. All these things are happening on day six, but at the end of the day, we, ha we have this wonderful story of God creating 
humanity. And right away, there's this connection with God that nothing else in creation enjoys. We get this connection with God, humanity does, in that humanity is made in His image. Male and female made in God's image. That's a special relationship right from the beginning of Scripture where God has humanity in a special place. And, and humanity is given dominion over the earth. We're, we're told there in the narrative that, that, that we're supposed to manage everything and, 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 and to, to be fruitful and multiply. That means have kids. Uh, and and we're, we're called to kind of manage this creation in a special role that God implemented just for humanity. And we're told to, to enjoy the food as well. I love that. And then after this day six, God rested. So the crowning achievement of creation was, was this, this, this creation of humanity. Now we get more detail as we get into Genesis chapter 2. So if you want to flip over to Genesis chapter 2, I want to pick up in about verse 7. So we start with a relationship with God that's unique, right? Now we get to verse 7 of chapter 2. Then the Lord formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, I love what's happening here. We, we get a, a drill down, if you will. We get a kind of a, a, a focus in on what actually happened when God created humanity, when he, when he he formed us. You get this idea of God intimately taking the dust of the earth and, and forming mankind. And then we get this very amazing connection of God breathing life into the creation of humanity. This, this very intimate picture of God's connection with, with His creation, with humanity. And so He created Adam. And let's pick up in about verse 20. It says this, uh, but Adam, there, there was not a, a helper found fit for him. Now, now God had already asked Adam uh, to, to start doing some work around the garden, namely naming the animals and things like that. But as, as, as everything's being kind of assessed, God realizes that Adam doesn't have uh, anyone for him. He didn't have a, a helper suited for him. So, uh, and that was not good. So let's pick up in verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with the flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is at last, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. And therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed." Well, what's happening here? Well, right away, we see this detailed picture of what's happening with, with humanity being created and, and how we have the creation of, of, of the woman for, for Adam. But she's taken in, in a very physical connection from him. So there's also now another relationship, not only the relationship between humanity and God, intimate relationship, but now we have this, this wonderful idea of, of men and women being connected 
almost in a very physical sort of way in the creation narrative. And so we have this, this, this prophecy then that's given because right away in verse 24 and 25, we have this idea of, of, of a father and mother, and then you have a, you know, a husband and a wife, and they leave father and mother, and they're connected in one flesh. Now, we, we don't know anything about Adam and Eve having parents. It's not really mentioned. Of course, God the Father is their father. But we get this prophetic image of how men and women they make this connection, they leave their father and mother, and they cleave to one. So we have this connection now, an additional relationship that's, that's now super special. And what can we learn from Genesis 1 and 2 here? Well, I think right away we can understand that God specifically designed humanity, male and female. He specifically, intentionally designed us uh, to work together, to be this, this helpmate, to be this, this complementary relationship. And it, and it was centering on the relationship, of course, with God, our Creator. So He created us in His image as unique. And, and you think about humanity, we're self-aware, we have a sense of morality, all of those things that are unique to humanity, both men and women. And we're made above all the creatures of the earth. And we're meant to complement one another, male and female, in this beautiful dance. Well, what else can we learn from, from Adam and Eve here that we can take into our current relationships and our, our current marriage. And I think there's a few things we can learn here. And, and this is true whether you're, you're you know, just thinking about dating at some point, maybe you're, you're, you're younger and you're thinking about dating and, and maybe marriage one day, or, or maybe you're in a marriage right now, or, or uh, you could be maybe uh, in a situation where you've had a, a spouse that has, has passed away, or you're, you're you know, uh, unfortunately divorced, or you're single, or you're just complicated. It, the whole thing is just complicated. Wherever you're at in that relational spectrum, whether young or old, I think these are principles that apply to relationships in general, but especially lifelong love that we can get right here from the pages of Genesis. And the first one is this. There was honesty right at the, at the beginning. First of all, God creating humanity and having this intimate connection. And then with husbands and wives, did you notice that phrase that they were together and they were naked and they were not afraid. There's an element in relationships that require disclosure, that require honesty. And in a sense, we're called to reflect that honesty that we get from the Lord with each other, that we have nothing to hide. I realize that in the dating situation, and maybe you're you know, in this early stage of marriage, and we call it the honeymoon phase, but sometimes we like to put our best foot forward, and we want to always put on a happy face, and we want to make sure that our flaws are not as obvious. But we need honesty when it comes to lifelong love, that there needs to be full disclosure. And so at some point, we have to let down our guard and really confront what's really there so that not as a matter of shame, but as a matter of growing together as that one flesh that the scriptures tell us about. So here we have that first principle that we learn in the scriptures of honesty. The second thing is intention, that there was a sense of leaving mother and father here and leaving and cleaving together. And so there was an intention to it. That, that when we're thinking about lifelong love and even marriage, uh, it's not just something that haphazardly happened, not like falling in love or tripping. What's happening is intention. And, and, and I think about Jackie and I, how we built this friendship over time that eventually led to uh, where we are today in 28 years of marriage. So there's this intention of becoming one flesh that requires effort. And the last thing that we can learn here is covenant. 
that again, uh, as we see in Scripture, that there was a leaving and cleaving. That, that you have uh, the, the, the man leaving his father and mother and cleaving to his wife. There's this leaving and cleaving. This is way deeper and more powerful than just some kind of a, a certificate of marriage that you get from a courthouse that you, you know, haphazardly sign. This is something that goes way deeper. It's a promise. It's a covenant that you're actually making this agree, agreement and decision to go through life together. There's a covenant that's happening that you leave and cleave together intentional covenant promise with each other. I'm so thankful that Jackie and I, both of our kids, uh, were, were willing to bring their significant others into our home way before engagement or marriage ever happened, that we got to meet these significant others in their lives, the people that they were dating and considering, because then we got to know them and we got to be able to support and help them along the way and get to know who these other people are before we bring them in to our family. There's intentionality behind that and there's covenant, because do you realize that in lifelong love and marriage, it's not just about two people. There's a whole lot of others involved in our lives, and that's a good thing. When we gather for, for wedding ceremonies, we have other people there, not just to kind of witness, but also to help support us. That's why we have a church family to support us. And so when we covenant together, we are promising not only between two people, but we're promising a whole support system in our family. There's a, a country song that came out recently uh, by a new artist named Ingrid Andrus. And in the chorus of that song, there's a phrase that I really found uh, helpful and insightful for this. And it says this, if we break up, I'll be just fine, but you'll be breaking more hearts than mine. And that there's this idea that when we're covenanting together, when we're making a covenant, when we're making a promise, there's more than just two people involved. Well, I don't know about you, but honesty, intention, and covenant. That seems way deeper than some kind of slip, trip, and falling in love, right? I think you would agree with me there. Yet our culture seems to be so fascinated by these phrases and pieces of advice that really are not helpful. Just like falling in love, you might hear things like, well, you've got to find your soulmate. Right? You've got to find that one person that's going to make everything right for you, but that will never work because only God fulfills us. So we got to quit following these pieces of advice that we'll, we'll talk about more in this series. You know, like follow your heart. But what about your heart? It can lie. And, and love at first sight. Give me a break. There's so much more to it than that. Yes, there's attraction. Yes, there's romance. But love involves so much more than that. And I'm so thankful that love is way deeper than those pieces of advice that we might give. So falling in love, Nope. The reality is that for a lifelong love, and especially for marriage, it involves honesty, intention, and covenant with each other and with the Lord involved. Love, love begins to take on substance and space. It becomes tangible when we are honest and intentional and make covenant. And that love then is not just this thing up here floating around, but it becomes tangible and beautiful and something that will last a lifetime. So you want better advice for love? How about honesty, intentionality, and making a covenant? I want to pray here for us here in a minute. But if you've, if you've been hearing about love, like we've been talking about, and you wonder about that, that love of God, and you've never, you've never approached God and said, yes, God, I want that love in my life. If you've never said yes to Jesus, 
you could do that today. Take that next step. We would love to help you through that so that you can begin to experience the love of God that will influence your love for other people. So if you've never said yes to Jesus, you can do that today. We'd love to hear about that and pray with you and help you take that next step. For the rest of us uh, here that are, that, are, that are maybe already following Jesus, we can bring the love of God into every relationship we have, and especially our, our, our love relationships, our romance relationships, and our marriage relationships. So I encourage you to, 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 to lean into honesty and intentionality and, and making sure that our covenant is solid between each other and the Lord and those who are supporting us. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for love. We thank you for the fact that you created us to be in relationship, not only with you, but also in meaningful relationship with others. And, and help us to take to heart the idea of, of being honest and intentional and keeping those promises. And Father, may you speak powerfully by your Holy Spirit to every, every relationship that we have that we're involved in today. And may you get the glory for that because Father, there are people all around us that are looking for what real love looks like and we can begin to extend that to the people in our lives by by the way that we choose to love each other and love one another we pray all this in christ's name amen